and welcome to another episode of The Partial Historians. I am Dr. Rad. And I am Dr. G. Welcome. We are tracing the journey of Rome from the founding of the city. Yeah. We are. And it's taking us a long time because, frankly, we're going into all the details. That's cool. It's still not as long as Rome lasted itself. So it's an analogy. It's something happening. There's something happening. Now, it's been a long time since we have done a normal narrative episode. Yeah, we've been living very exciting lives. We've gone overseas together. We've presented and talked about our podcast. And yet... We're still here. Oh, we've made it back alive. <laughs> exactly. So I think we need a definitely a recap. So the last time we met, the Romans had come to blows over those faithless Aquians. God damn their hides. I don't think they can be trusted. They've proven time and time again that they're completely untrustworthy and they cannot or will not keep their word. Totally. They tried to snow Fabius and he totally saw through it. And they ended up coming to this battle where, of course, the Romans triumphed, and that's where we were up to last time we met. So, Dr. G, I believe there were some, like, random things that were happening in your account that do not show up in Livy whatsoever, as per usual. <laughs> it's exciting times. Random information. <laughs> historical detail that may or may not be correct. Uh, more often than not, it's probably incorrect. But that's okay. <laughs> uh, I like Dionysius, anyway. Um, so this is round about towards the end of 466 yeah. BC, and... In this year, Dionysius includes this detail that they dedicate a temple mm-hmm. to a small deity called Dius Phidias. Small as in tiny, or yeah. small as in unimportant. Small <laughs> as in of mysterious origin and Ooh, nature. Okay, okay. Tall, dark, and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> so who is this Didius Phidias? It sounds like a rapper <laughs> from the 90s. <laughs> well, I mean, he might be. Um, but he's got all of the things that make him quite attractive. He could be of Sabine extraction. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, okay, yeah. That makes sense. The Romans have kind of melded with the Sabines, yep. The Latin uh, uh, terms related to this god include semen. <gasps> like what seed. I'm thinking. Ooh. Mm. So all those garden <laughs> analogies that parents use to talk to their teenagers about sex are actually based in some sort of fact. He is the god of sowing his seed, mm. indeed. Okay, nice, nice. Um, he seems to have some connection to Jupiter through Zeus Pistios. Um, mm. it seems, uh, that seems euphemistic to me as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I was going to say that. Is it just me? Does that word sound dirty? Yeah, it, it did. Um, and it's around about this time, according to Dionysius, that uh, Dias Phidias has a temple dedicated to him on the Quirinal Hill. Mm, okay. So... Is there, is there a reason why they chose the Quirinal in particular? Because the Quirinal has something to do with Romulus post-death, after deification, doesn't it? It may be to do with the fact that this god is associated with a group of italic deities. That's what I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, so, and this is one of these things that makes uh, Dias Phidias mysterious, is that we don't really know the origin of where this god comes from. Mm. Um, But, in exciting news for our listeners, um, if you're not certain about this kind of topic, (laughs) which it'd be very fair not to be, the Romans don't just steal all of their gods from other people. What? 
What about the Pantheon? <laughs> I know, right? I mean, it's got a lot in there. Um, you're like, if I translate this name into Latin, it's this guy. Uh, yeah, I mean, they certainly steal a lot. Sure. Um, and by steal, we mean like appropriate, borrow, adapt, yeah. repurpose, yeah. expand their cultural horizon. Uh, <laughs> you're getting very kind here, the way you're talking about this. But there are some indigenous italic gods, which we don't know a lot about, but yeah. they do crop up. And they do have little temples here and there, and this appears to be one of them. It's weird that people like Livy don't write more about it. Why Why is Dionysius the one writing about this? Why? I don't know. Is it because he is a Greek and he's like, hey, something they didn't steal? <laughs> hey, guys, fun fact, something actually Roman. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not right. sure. I'm not sure. But that's my little uh, religious aside. Okay, fair enough. As anything, a prelude to the episode itself. Anything else random in your account? Oh, no, I'm ready to go now, I think. Okay, all right, cool. So, back to what's happening with the Aquians and the Romans. So, what's happening in your account, Dr. G? It is around about 465 BCE. Around ding, about, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Around about, yeah. I yeah. mean, it's always around about. Um, so, this means that we have some new consoles. Everybody likes new consoles. Yeah, so you have new consoles. I do have new consoles. I'm in a mess. You might be in a different I'm year. I'm in a mess, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure if you're yeah. in a different year yet or not. It's all crazy for me over here. You just go. You just go and I'll tell you. <laughs> okay. I'm pleased to introduce Titus Quintius Capitolinus. Oh, yeah, no, I am in this year. Fair enough. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> and also Quintus Fabius Vibulanus. Yeah, one of the Fabian clan. They're Consul still around. They're still around. Yeah. I know. All right. So, uh, because they both have one is Quintus and one is Quintius, I can see how this might get confusing. <laughs> I didn't even think uh, of that. <laughs> Quintius is a reference to the Titus character. Yeah. And Quintus will be referred to solely as Fabius. I was going to say, please don't tell me that you're actually going to continue with this. I thought for a second that's what you were going to say. You're going to yeah. have to listen carefully for the next 15 minutes, everybody. No, I like, I like that idea. So I, I believe that in my account, the Aquians after their defeat, they were pretty mad with their representatives because they're like, dude, why did you make us fight like a pitch battle or something? Why didn't we just go raiding? Because that's what we're good at. And so this is kind of what they do. <laughs> they leave behind some people, of course, in their camp. But then they start crossing into Roman territory. They're basically trying to terrify the Romans. Is this the same kind of strategy that they use in your account? I have a sense in which there's a lot of stalemates happening. Um, yeah. So the pitch battle thing doesn't really work very well. But certainly the Aquians then start to make forceful and violent eruptions into <laughs> Roman territory. <laughs> What's with your sexual language today, Dr. G? It's not me. It's Dionysius. <laughs> well, this is exactly what happens. So they their strategy works in that... The Romans weren't expecting to see the Aquians around about their territory because they, they were under the impression they were just defeated. And so they're like, oh, what is going on here? If they were just defeated and yet they're making inroads, something must be wrong. We must be in danger. So it's, you know, in the city itself, it's not looking so good. This seems to be, this leads to what seems, okay, I'll start again. Yeah. I was just talking rubbish. Um, <laughs> so Fabius gets left in charge of certain part of the army. Right. And Quintius gets in charge of another part of the army. Yes. And Quintius's role is to defend the territory which adjoins that of the enemy. This is what Dionysius tells us. Right. It's not at all clear which enemy he might be talking about because Rome has a lot right now. Yes. It's not just the Aquins. I was going to say, that could be anybody. <laughs> yeah, but Fabius goes out to plunder 
and to sort of attack the Aquians head on. But it becomes more apparent as we get into this narrative for the year that actually what Quintius has been asked to do is to engage in a defensive tactic of patrolling Roman land yes. with the armed forces. Yeah. This seems pretty new to me from what we've been doing in this narrative so far. Usually the Romans vote in some new consuls, those consuls get some armies, and then they go out deliberately seeking some sort of pitch battle yep. on their frontiers. Yes, yes. This time, Quintius is being told to sort of hang around and sort of monitor the borderlands. I feel like that's because the Aquians are kind of like wily, <laughs> and you don't know what they could be up to. But yeah, that's, that's very similar to what I've got in my account here, because everyone's going crazy in Rome. There are all these, you know, rumors, which of course are exaggerating what's actually happening um, with the enemy, but they start to calm down again when Quintius returns. The people get less scared and he's like, what else were you afraid of for heaven's sakes? We just defeated these guys. Jesus Christ. Wow. Yours yeah. has a much more positive take on this than well, my, it than is my really, account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the way that Dionysius relates it, Quintius is always in the wrong spot at the wrong time. So the Aquians continue to do raids across the border or into like sort of undefended territory. And Quintius is like, I've heard word. And rushes over with his forces and is a little bit late. No, no, that, that, is, that is true. That's what happens. That's definitely what happens. Whenever he goes out to fight, he can't really find them. But it, it, it's more the, I think he just gets the opportunity in Livy to tell them, you know, to like, buck up. Don't be so stupid. <laughs> Nothing like your consul telling you what an idiot you are. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you did that again. I think, it's, I think it's more just about like morale, you know. Okay, yeah. okay. Because the problem for Quintius in this is that there is some, there's no way to gain any honour with this type of fighting as a consul. Oh. So like you So do you think he's deliberately not finding them? Well no, I think oh, he's okay. I think he's been given a dud role by the oh, Senate. I see what you mean. You know? Right, so gotcha. like he can't yeah. go out and do something like noble and heroic and virtuous for his own weirdos. He's gotta do this thing where he troops around and keeps running after the enemy, being like, Where are they? Yeah. And yeah. somebody's like, Yoo hoo <laughs> <laughs> We're over here. And now we're over here. And now we're over there. <laughs> exactly. And he runs over again and he's like, Where are they? Where did they go? <laughs> <laughs> so like Marco Polo or something for the entire year. <laughs> nice, I like it. Well, see, yeah, I, I can understand why he's frustrated because Livy tells me, without giving me much detail, because of course, why would you, that Fabius, on the other hand, is having much success with his campaign against the enemy. And this is probably why he's getting a bit like, God damn it, where are these people? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fabius gets all of the luck. Um, it turns out that the Aquians sort of turn up exactly where he is. Exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For some reason. Um, and then he's like, oh, well, there they are. And then, <laughs> and then he goes after them and they fall quite quickly and he takes all the booty and he's like, woo. Well, I think this is precisely the key to his success in Livy's account. He seems to have an instinct for where they would be. And so he's lurking and he comes across them right when they're weighed down with all the stolen goods <laughs> and they can't run. I don't know how to drag this gold basin any faster. Exactly. Somebody help me. Oh, oh not you, Robbins. <laughs> and once again, I love the way that Libby puts it. It causes them to bitterly rue their pillaging. <laughs> Damn my pillaging ways. Wow. When will I learn that crime doesn't pay? <laughs> oh, the lamentations. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Dionysius puts it that the Aquians just eventually just give up, run home, and then sit in their homes and watch while the Romans burn their fields, being like, again. Oh, okay. That is not mentioned in my account. It says that a few of the Aquians did manage to escape uh, Fabius's attack. Um, but yeah, it, it's obviously not good. 
It seems but, a bit of a messy year all around. It does. It's a bit of a... <laughs> but anyway, the consuls get to return to the city, which means that the courts are no longer suspended because that had happened. Um, like, there's been, like, a but general... what? Yeah, well, that had happened in my account. This has never been mentioned in my account. I, oh, okay. Yeah, we're not in your account, but I totally mentioned it last time. Yeah. <laughs> Please, more details. Yeah, so because both of the consuls were out on campaign, they had declared a suspension of the courts. Which um, basically obviously means that um, not only the courts are not up and running, but shops aren't running. There's just a general suspension of stuff happening in the city. Okay. Um, because, you know, <laughs> stuff is happening elsewhere. They need to be focusing all their attention elsewhere. Um, and in the place of the consuls, Quintus Sowilius had been serving as prefect of the city. Oh. Yeah. Mm, um, okay. And it's at this time that Quintius, got to capture that elusive C, um, took, takes the census in my account. Does that happen? Oh, once? there is no mention of a census in well, my account. Well, there you go. So Quintius takes, sorry, sorry, Quintius, oh God damn it, that C, Quintius <laughs> takes the census. Um, and then he carries out like all the, the rights that go along with that, the purification rights. And Livy actually gives me an incredibly precise number. Of how many people there are in Rome at this time. I'm on a razor's edge. 104,714 citizens, not including orphans and widows. Wow. Yeah. That's quite substantial. I know. I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, exactly. So Where we did can, Livy get that figure from, I wonder? We can see Rome growing. Mm. Mm, indeed. Uh, and that kind of brings me to the end of the year, apart from what you already mentioned with the Aquins, you know, <laughs> having their farms ravaged. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They watched their corn get taken away. Indeed, like, indeed. But I was going to eat that. Yeah. That brings me to another year of uh, with another set of consuls. How about you? Yes. Yes. We are back in alignment. Excellent. So I have the next consuls as being Aulus Postumius Albus Regulensis. <laughs> And Spurious Furious Crucis. <laughs> <laughs> We're back, guys. It's another Spurious Furious. I'm loving it. Spurious Furious. We're <laughs> um, back. Yeah. Um, Livy notes a slight discrepancy. Oh. Yeah, that some people say that, uh, that they say that they like Fusius instead of Furious. And apparently that might be to do with like one one version being like an earlier form and no one really knows which version to go with i think okay yeah oh that's interesting so i mean i've I checked these names out with broughton yes. and so you're aulus posthumius albius regulensis yeah you know son of aulus grandson of publius mm-hmm. um the name comes from the battle of lake regulus Noise. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so that's where the ancestry it is, is there. It's a so, bit of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. What a patrician family that is. Actually, wait. Um, should we just remind our listeners about the Battle of? Why? Yes. Yes. This happened like way at the beginning of the Republic. It's like a massive battle between the Romans and the Latins. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's around about four ninety six. I think so. Yeah. And this is where that. you have the amazing vision of Castor and Pollux. Yes, and that's when that that temple was founded, I believe. It's around then, isn't it? Mm. And we have found archaeological remains to confirm. Lovely. Sorry. Back to the narrative. <laughs> That's good. There's evidence. Yeah. And then we have Spurious Furious. Yes. Uh, Medulinus Fusus. Ooh. And the controversy with this guy from Dionysius seems to be that he just gets the name wrong and he thinks it's Servius Furious. And oh, but that's nowhere near as cool as Spurious Furious. I am never going to call him Servius never, Furious. Never. It's obviously Screw Spurious. You, yeah. 
Um, but uh, you'll be surprised. I uh, think Dionysius' naming is spurious. <laughs> <laughs> Some spurious naming going so. on here. Hmm, I cast aspersions. <laughs> okay. So nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, so clearly, there's still some issues. Unre- I mean, even though it seems like the Aquians have had their asses well and truly kicked on a number of occasions, and yet there seems to be ongoing issues in my account. What do you reckon? There are ongoing issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, the situation in Antium is apparently still precarious. Yes. Um, the Aquians are sending invo- envoys thither in secret. And large Ooh. numbers of Volskians um, on the pretext of trade. <laughs> a likely story. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly it. The Aquans know that the Romans aren't going to let this go. They know that the Romans are going to start, you know, fighting with them again. And in my account, it's not just Antium we're talking about here. We're talking about another of the Volskian towns, the Esitranian Volskians, who live in the city of... <laughs> it sounds like I'm making a joke. I think it's Esitra. <laughs> Uh, uh, say that again for me. <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, 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 that place. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we're getting into a really interesting section of our uh, shared historical narratives because we are really starting to diverge. Really? Because yeah. yeah, in my account... I have no mention of this place. Well, see, in my account, the allies of Rome, the Hernetians, mm-hmm. uh, they can see what's happening. Um, and that would make sense geographically. Um, and they're like, okay, Aquians, <laughs> uh, you can play that game. And they warn the Romans what the Aquians are up to. And this is where suspicion is aroused about the colony of Antium. Because Antium being, of course, a very important Volscian stronghold that the Romans have relatively recently captured and settled some of their own people there to try and obviously Romanize the place. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And so none of this happens in your account? Well, I mean, it does, but it's all just happening in a slightly different fashion, really. Okay, fair enough. Hit me with it. Um, so according to Dionysius, um, the colonists in Antium are slowly being corrupted yeah. by this Aquian and Volsky influence. Yeah. And the Hunusians are aware of this as well. Um, but we don't get any detail about how they know. Um, no, that's not really clear. My, it, that, Livy says, well, at least according to translation here, I admit I haven't checked the Latin. Um, he says that the Hunnians just perceived it. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> in this one, it's, it's even more oblique. They brought word um, yeah, that okay. there was a large force of Aquians out and about mm. um, near their country, yeah. encamped in their country and plundering stuff. Mm. And they'd seen that the Volskians were joining with the Aquians in the expedition and they were a bit concerned and they'd like their allies Rome, sweet Rome, to step in and help. <laughs> I think it, I think it probably has something to do with the fact that it seems like some people are defecting. Like, like we know, we already know that some people obviously left Antium at the time and like went to the Aquii, who were their kind of allies at the at the moment. So I think it's just that there's like a natural bond between them because they've got Volskians living in Aquian territory. And they have had since Antium was captured. I feel like that's got something to do with it. <laughs> I also just want to put out there for the record that this is a huge failure for the land reallotment policy. It is, isn't it? Poor Fabius. <laughs> I mean, any, so any Romans that took up this offer are now in the middle of a nightmare of yeah. either, either being like, who do I choose? Who's going to try and kill me first? I'll agree with them. Well, luckily the Romans have been warned because they haven't... 
the the Volskians, the people, you know, the people in Antium, the Aquians, whoever is involved in this conspiracy, have not quite decided what exactly they're going to do <laughs> to annoy the Romans. When the Senate obviously find out, thanks to the tip-off, and they summon the leaders of the colony to see them. Oh. Yeah, like to see the consuls, sorry, not the Senate. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. Senate. So they try to do some diplomacy? Yeah, I mean, it's basically like, I, I think they're trying to sort of nip it in the bud before, you know, before anything massively serious comes out. Um, and so they come, they're like, yep, hey, what's up? They don't, they don't try and get out of it or whatever. But the way that they answer the questions that are put to them make people more suspicious by the time they've left and they were before they arrived. I find all of your claims spurious. Did somebody call me? Yeah, right. Not you, spurious, furious, not you. And so it's kind of from that moment that the Romans are like, yeah, okay, we're going to have to go to war. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a much more delicately balanced situation in Livius' account okay. um, than Dionysius gives anybody credit for. How because <laughs> uh, he moves straight from the Hanusians turning up being like, guys, we've got an issue, yeah. to the Senate voting and sending all his posthumous to Antium and Spurious Furious to the Aquians. Right. Well, that's eventually what happens in my account, essentially. Spurious Furious um, gets a command against the Aquians. So, yeah, it, it ends up being the same way. I think it's just that the lead up to it is slightly different. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so, when Spurius Furius is sent out to engage with the Aquians, he goes into the territory of the Hernishi. Is this where he heads in your account as well? Oh, yeah. So, like, following that tip-off, he, yeah. heads, he heads for Phoenician territory, yeah. um, looking for these uh, Aquians that, he's, wily, wily that he's, been, he's heard about. Yeah. Um, probably has some Hernishians with him, being like, we're the guys that came to you. Yeah. Please take us home in safety. He's like, you can ride with me, buddy. And unfortunately, in my account, he's a little too furious for his own good. <laughs> he, he didn't really know how many the enemy had, apparently because he hadn't like actually sort of seen them in action and seen them all together. And so he's like, attack! <laughs> Before he's got all the information. Is this again what happens with you? Yeah, this is yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they get themselves into a whole bunch of skirmishes and it doesn't really work out very well. And they're like, ah, run away! Um, and they basically have to pick up their camp and move it to a better, more secure location. Yeah. Um, have a higher rampart, for instance. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and a deeper trench. Yeah. Why does everything sound so dirty today? Stop it. <laughs> it's military terminology. I can't help it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Okay. So the Romans are not in a good situation. They're basically surrounded. And they can't, in my account... It's so bad that they can't even send a messenger back to the city itself. Yeah, and to make things worse, there seems to be an additional force of Aquians and Volskia that turn up to support the first Aquian army mm, that Spurius has that encountered. Yeah. yeah. Luckily again, though, the Hanishi, God bless the little Hanishi. <laughs> they end up sending word that, like, of what is happening. And of course, everyone back at home is like, oh my God, <laughs> what is going on? Um, and so the Senate have to take quick action. Is this kind of how things turn out in your account as well? Oh, no. I have a letter-writing episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, nothing like a letter to take the edge off. Oh, yeah. So, it's a dark evening. Spurious <laughs> is surrounded by the enemy. Yeah. He sits down in his tent and he writes a quick letter seeking help. Dear Quintius... <laughs> Dear Quintius, it, was, it is with a heavy heart that I have to write to you in such circumstances. I let my furious gins get in the way of my better judgment. 
I'm gonna put this letter on the fastest horseman I have. I'm hoping it gets to Rome in time for a new army to be raised to join me on the front. If it doesn't reach the city, we are doomed. We're in danger of being destroyed. Help us, Chris Robinson. Please help us. So the letter eventually gets to Postumius, the other consul for the year. Yeah. It's about midnight. Ooh. When the letter arrives, yeah, when the horseman gets there. So, you know, he starts writing in the evening. Yeah. The letter gets to Posthumius by midnight. And, and it's that point that Posthumius starts going around and waking up the senators in their homes. Oh, wow. This I know. Dramatic. <laughs> All of a sudden, it seems like Posthumius hasn't left for Antium yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, too slow. I kind of get that feeling too. Yeah. 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 And so by the time it gets to the break of dawn, um, they've managed to rustle up. Quintius, so the consul from the previous year. Yes. And they've given him proconsular power. They've invested him with some extra extra firepower. Nice. Uh, and they've gathered about 5,000 young men, the flower of the youth. And you're like, why weren't they enrolled in the army at the beginning of the yeah. year like everybody else? What did they have to <laughs> flowering around? Don't ask questions. Yeah. All of a sudden, those sleepy ones are up and ready to go. <laughs> and they're like, has my hair done? It is. Um, <laughs> And they start marching out by dawn. Okay. They're on their way. All right. Well, see, something very dramatic happens for me, and I'm kind of curious to see whether this is where you're heading. Posthumius is charged to make sure that the Republic comes to no harm, and he is invested with dictatorial powers! And martial law is declared. Oh, wow. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Let's go one, Libby. <laughs> Libby, going places I never knew. I know. <laughs> and th- this is why I feel like he hasn't entirely left yet. <laughs> <laughs> this and, and is this a hint is... that Posthumius is still hanging around the city. He's just being given dictatorial power. Well, yeah, and he's and, and it's in this capacity, I kind of feel like he, he sets off this proconsul, Titus Quintius. To relieve Furious in his dire straits in the camp. Oh, so he has the power to invest somebody else with proconsular power. I kind of feel like that's what's happening. Uh, yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, which part of the Senate's going to wake up in the middle of the night to have a convention to be like, let's, <laughs> let's put somebody else in charge of this. Don't send Posthumius. He yeah. has to go to Antium. Well, yeah, no, I think this is kind of how he rounds up all these dudes and sends them all up. He gets those oh. flowers of youth happening, you know. Oh, look, I love a good blossoming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and even, it's not just the Latins and the Hunnians who are helping out here, it's even the colony of Antium that are ordered to provide emergency people to fight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, look, our accounts are very different at this point. Well, there yeah. you go. I kind of believe my account, though. I feel like the Romans need this right now. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Although I'm curious because, I mean, I feel like they've been in these kind of battle situations before and it always sort of just works out in the Romans' favor. The um, Romans seem to be particularly scared. <laughs> <laughs> Quaking in their boots, as it were. Well, yes. according to Dionysius, the Aquians are suspected this very move from the Romans which is to send a horse in the middle of the night to wake up the flower of the youth to come back as fast as they can and to turn up and support and I was like my question in my notes is how could they know Um, okay okay to give them the benefit of the doubt they have been fighting the Romans for oh I don't know decades a while now maybe the Romans are getting predictable the relationship's getting stale guys it is it is let's spice it up yeah so the Aquians decide to call them out on this and just attack in the middle of the night Mm, okay I kind of get that sense here because Livy talks about the fact that there's a lot of maneuverings happening 
and that the Aquians are sticking true to their tried and true strategy of never really letting the Romans know when they're going to attack, where they're going to attack. And luckily they've got enough numbers to do this, I guess. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah, I mean, they seem to have, they seem to have a, a lot of people considering they've, again, I don't get keep it. Keep losing like, people. They just keep How coming. do they keep growing them so fast? They've only got 104,000 according to the yeah, census it's just, count. <laughs> it's a lot of raids. It's a lot of raids. <laughs> well, no, sorry, that's, sorry, that's the enemy. Like, as in the Aquians have a lot of people, yeah. Because they just seem to be able to, like, raid, devastate Roman fields, and even think about maybe attacking Rome itself. Yeah, maybe it's Should just... their path be clear, this is. Potentially just guerrilla warfare. I mean, you can make your numbers seem a lot bigger than what they might really be. Yeah, I suppose so. Possibly. Anyway, it seems that it takes the flower of the youth much longer to get places than one horseman riding through the night, hell <laughs> pell for leather, being like, we're in trouble! <laughs> um, because they're not there um, when the Aquii attack. And there is a mighty struggle that lasts throughout the entire day. Mm. There are javelins, there are missiles, there are stones thrown by slings. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, the Romans, Roman does uh, a counterattack at this point. Right. Um, and mentions that, you know, Spurious Furious, being uh, the kind of consul that he is, um, goes for it. But it also turns out that one of the legates of the army is Spurious's brother, Publius Furious. Nice. Yeah. Another Furious. Another Furious. Yes. Furiously together. <laughs> together in their fury. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it seems that uh, Publius Furious is maybe a little bit more ambitious than he should be because he gets very excited Ooh. because they they uh, start repulsing the enemy yep. as the enemy is mounting the ramparts. The enemy's like, we're disgusted by you. <laughs> The Romans. <laughs> I just, can't even look at you. I'm going to go away. Vomiting in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but uh, they get pushed back as they're mounting the ramparts. Yeah. Mounting the ramparts. Once again, they're getting really close. sexual language. My oh, God. No. <laughs> um, but Publius is like, I'm going to chase them down. And boy, does he do it. Uh, he runs ahead. He's got a thousand dudes with him. Yeah, it's all going really well. But boy, does he get himself into a pickle! Tragedy strikes. Oh, yeah. Look, he gets uh, cut off, <laughs> and he can no longer retreat. He can no longer retreat. They get all the way back to the Aquians' camp. It turns out the Aquians have five thousand men. The Aquians continue to surprise the Romans by having, you know, troops. Yeah. <laughs> they surround the 1,000 men. Mm. And they're like, they're like, this is pretty good. We could, And they offer at that point to take them all hostage. Oh, okay. So they could have stopped fighting. Yeah. Mm. They're like, how about it? No. But this is a furious we're talking about, Dr. G. <laughs> He's not going to take it lightly. Nope. Um, he is certainly not going to take it lightly. And boy, do they just say they're going to keep fighting to the death. Yeah. And then they keep fighting. And to then they die. The death. <laughs> yeah. All died. It's not just a clever thing. Yeah. No. And meanwhile, poor Spurious Furious is trying desperately to reach his brother because he knows his brother is in a difficult situation. And so he plunges into the midst of the battle as well. He's like, I will reach you, not knowing, I guess, that his brother has already dead. Well, I mean, that's, this again, this is where our narratives diverge. Ooh. Because at this point, according to Dionysius, the Aquians decide to make the most of having killed a thousand Romans and they stick all of the heads on spikes and come back to where the Romans are encamped. Oh, well, to be fair, that was just a po bit of poetic license on my part. <laughs> I don't know if he knows or not, but he is definitely fighting furiously to get to his brother. And as usual, is showing more furiousness than common senseness. <laughs> <laughs> and he receives a wound and almost gets killed, but luckily, whew, 
So I couldn't bear it if a spurious furious died, Dr. G. Luckily, the men around him rescued him. Oh, but, the Romans, but the Romans are scared now because, you know, their consul's been pretty badly wounded. I was going to say, I've got a, him getting a javelin through the shield yeah. into the thigh. Yowch. Who... Who even throws like that? That's incredible. <laughs> That's gotta hurt. Um, so I'm guessing maybe some sort of apparatus was used, unless uh, I'm uh, not aware of the strength of the common Roman and Aquii soldiers. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. But it seems like at that point, that's when uh, Quintius finally arrives with the flower of the youth. Yeah, because the Romans were definitely being, again, driven back to their camp. Things mm. were looking really dire. And it seems like they're in serious danger of being, you know, like captured or wiped out or something. Except here he comes to save the day. It's Titus Quintius. With flowers of youths. And foreign troops. <laughs> We're here. Well, I mean, you know, allies. Whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And so, and then it just goes back to a stalemate because everybody retreats to their own camp and they're like, I'm going to bunker down in a defensive position to recover from all of the losses. Yeah, see, I think it's here the Aquians try and scare people with like, you know, the heads on spikes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. That, that's, well, maybe they stick them up sense. outside their camp. Being like, Check Maybe out so, these. maybe so, yeah. Come um, at us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's definitely like less, like the army itself is okay now. Um, but yeah, it, it feels very like, eh, you know, it doesn't feel like a really strong finish in my account. How about you? <laughs> it's not a great finish. No. And moreover, in Dionysius, there is now a second Aquian and Volskii force, um, which is now on the move. Oh dear. Yes. <laughs> Wait, like coming, coming to this battle or like just on the move elsewhere? On the move elsewhere. Because oh, okay, the Romans right. seem to be so tied up and so paranoid oh. and have just sent the flower of their youth, mm. this other force is now taking the opportunity to plunder Roman country. <gasps> oh, dare they. Do uh. they have no honour? Do they have no honour? <laughs> what they've forgotten about is that Posthumius hasn't left for Antium yet. Yes, this is where Posthumius comes back into my account as well. <laughs> Again, here he comes to save the day. <laughs> And so he's like, hello. He seems to have done a pretty good job in my account of like, you know, stationing men at, you know, good points and yada yada. So, yeah. And he's, he's also given credit as a strategist, learning where the enemy is and then appearing before them. Yeah. <laughs> like a god. <laughs> yeah. So it, it seems like both the Aquians and the Romans in all of these various skirmishes both lose a lot of dudes. They do. And I mean, Dionysius spends a good couple of paragraphs talking about this. So how the Aquians and the Volskii, this second force is like, oh, Romans, they dash off into the forest, mm. jump, dump their gear, hide it, come back and be like, all right, now we're ready. Uh, mm. <laughs> quickly, quickly. They didn't <laughs> quickly, see quickly. that. Quickly, yeah. quickly. Um, and they got into a fight. They killed lots of Romans. Mm. Uh, but also, lots of them got killed as well. Yeah, it's very... And, yeah, so things turn in the Rome, in Rome's direction, but it's pretty much a blood fest at this point, and it's not at all clear where people are, how it's happening, if there is any clear victory. I kind of feel like not. I mean, Livy gives me some numbers, but to be honest, I'm like, dude, why even bother? Like, it seems, yeah, it seems like both sides lose a lot. Um, the army, the Roman army ends up returning back to Rome. I didn't mention this before, but there had been a suspension of the courts again. Yeah. Oh, more and, suspensions. Yeah, and then Livy uh, records some divine prodigies. <laughs> the heavens were ablaze with numerous fires. Portents were seen. People were terrified, and so they order, th um, they order like lots and lots of prayers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and the solution, my friends, 
prayer. Yeah, well, the Romans basically begging forgiveness for whatever it is they have done. Uh, and after that, the Senate say, you know what? We should thank our friends. We should be grateful for what we have. Latins, Hernetians, thank God to you. Now, this is where the people from Antium come back in. A thousand men from Antium had come, but too late were help. And so they're sent packing in disgrace. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Antium, for nothing. For nothing as usual, (laughs) jerk-faced jerks. Well, I have to say that it it all sort of just tapers off to a very sort of slow finish in Dionysius. Um, We have a a sort of resurgence of Spurius. He decides to seek out the Aquins. He's like, well, they've been resting in their camp for a while. I've been resting in mine. I think I can go on. The javelin's been pulled out. Let's do this. (laughs) God, Um, this guy. No wonder he gets his name. (laughs) And the Aquians see him coming and they're like, oh, you've got to be kidding. And they retreat back to their city. They're like, we've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this allows the Romans a bit of a reprieve, really. I Um, I think everybody needs it right now. Yeah, but not before they chase down the Aquins as they're retreating and kill a lot of them. But it seems like there is a real balance of losses and victory. Yeah, well, that's kind of how it ends for mine as well, like a kind of mopping up operation. But yeah, it does seem like, you know... (laughs) (laughs) There's not much to be done there. Not really much to be done. No winners, lots of losers, less people alive at the end. (laughs) Yes, as tends to happen at the end of the war. And so, Dr. G, I feel like that brings us to the end of another year and therefore brings us to the partial pick. All right, Dr. G, what's first cab off the rank? Ooh, military clout. Okay, so, okay, there have been some good things by the Romans, certainly some bravery shown, but on the whole, I think a disappointing performance this year. Yeah, I think uh, the fact that they have fought a lot, I think it has to be a five, but they haven't really won anything in any substantial way, and everybody's had a really bad time, so I can't give them more than five, I don't think. Yeah, I I mean, I actually feel like it's a four. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's been pretty bad, so... (laughs) I, I'm going to say four. What do you reckon? Well, I think the loss of Publius Furius definitely... That's what I mean. Definitely is a downer. How can we but mourn the loss of a Furius? I mean, God, if it was Furius Furius, I'd be giving them zero. <laughs> all right. All right, so, all right, so four. What's our next category? Our next category is diplomacy. Okay. Um, <laughs> don't feel um, like there's a lot of that happening if we're at war. What do you reckon? I'm going to give them a fat zero for okay. diplomacy. Nothing for diplomacy. All right, expansion. Once again, it's a zero from me. (laughs) Zero for expansion. Wow, this is possibly a historic low score. Um, The next category is weird twists. Okay, I feel like we can give something here, maybe. I mean, look... Livy's clearly not thrilled with the performance of the Furious Brothers. (laughs) I mean, he does say, like, they're being a bit stupid and all. They are, but um, if... Populous Furious had pulled it off, that would have been an amazing moment for Yeah, and I think the Romans still give points for bravery. Uh, yeah, for trying. Yeah. I mean, it's not great to die. No. On the negative side, though, yeah. Quintius from the year before mm-hmm. just has that sort of broad defensive strategy where he's always chasing after the people but never yeah. really catching them um, and doesn't even really have an opportunity to engage in Virtuous unless what we need to take away from that narrative that he was too dumb to figure out where anybody was. <laughs> Maybe that's what they're really trying to tell us. Here. Look, I, I don't care who we're talking about here. I don't think like it's great, but I feel like there is something there. Maybe. I feel like maybe a four. 
I thought, yeah, I was going with a three. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, three. Okay, three it is. And what's our final category, Dr. G? Citizen score. We hear nothing about the citizens, really, they're apart from the fact that they're terrified. They're terrified and probably dying. Yeah, so I feel like it's got to be, what, like a, a zero or a one? Well, they're getting corrupted in... I mean, uh, they're not attacked, team. they're not taken over. <laughs> yeah, but they're not having a great time. Maybe a two... Yeah, I think I think fun. it too. That leaves us, Dr. G, with a grand total of nine golden eagles. <laughs> oh, oh no, oh, God, that's really bad. That's, that's really a real bad. failure. Things are taking a turn for the worse, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right, well, it's been a pleasure discussing Roman antics with you again, and such a delight to have Spurious Furious back on board. Oh, so much Spurious Furious goodness. Yeah. I love it. All right. Until next time, Dr. G. Until then. Until then.